0: Unfortunately, no one seemed to notice that I hadn't been on the plane before I emerged from the bathroom. We were landing, so I guess the flight attendants were distracted. Probably they noticed that I had no shoes and was dressed in a very odd fashion choice of bike pants and a t-shirt. But, like I said, it was the end of the flight. They probably just wanted to land and go home. We made it off the plane with about five minutes to spare. One chicken-up boy and five very impatient flies. They morphed in the bathrooms. I sat on a black plastic chair and held my head in my hands and tried to stop my fingers from shaking. After a while, I noticed Cassie sitting down in the chair beside me. She didn't say anything. She just put her arm around me and hugged me as well as she could while sitting. I closed my eyes and let her hug me. And after a while, I felt my hands shake a little less. My insides were still queasy, like I might need to throw up. But I stopped shaking. That was bad, Cassie said. Oh, yeah, that was bad. But I'm okay. No big deal. Cassie nodded and let me go. Yeah, right. Jake, it's okay to be scared. No, no, I'm fine, I said. I stood up but my knees almost gave way. I reached back for the armrest of the chair, and then I pushed myself up more slowly. Rachel had gone to the Western Union office. We needed clothing, and it turns out you can send money by wire and pick it up by supplying a code word. Rachel went to pick up the money and get us something approaching shoes at an airport shop. Now you know where our allowances go. The others were just coming out of the men's restroom. It had taken them longer, since Tobias and Axe both had an extra morph to do to get human. You okay, man? Marco asked me. I put on a sheepish grin. Better than I was, I said. I like having my guts inside me, as opposed to having them smeared all over. Yeah, guts should not see daylight, Tobias agreed. Okay, that was exciting, but now we're here. I pointed out briskly. We have a job to do. Let's get on with it. Marco, what's the plan? We catch a bus from here to downtown. That's where the WAA building is. We bust in, enter the computers, get the information we want, get back here, and catch a plane home. That's supposed to be the safe, easy part, taking the plane, Rachel said. Let's hope the WAA offices aren't as dangerous as that stupid plane. Hey, we'll take a different airline home, Morgo said. We'll get one that likes and appreciates flies. I tried to laugh, but I don't know if it sounded right. I hadn't thought yet about getting home. I was sure of one thing, though. I didn't want to go as a fly. We took the bus downtown. We got out, asked directions from a nun who, oddly enough, knew which was the Web Access America office. It was a few blocks away. We stopped on the way at a Taco Bell. It was cheap enough for us to afford, and it kind of lightened my mood a little when Axe went nuts and started sucking out packets of hot sauce. The manager kicked us out. You can stay out of here. Buy your crazy friend a bottle of Tabasco if he needs it. What is Tabasco? Tabasco. Sco. Is it tasty and full of flavor? Axe wondered as he headed on down the sidewalk, carrying our bags of tacos and burritos. Yeah, you'd probably like it, Rachel said. The WAA building was one of those medium-sized buildings, maybe 20 floors high, and not at all modern. We loitered around outside, trying to figure out what to do next. And that's when a bus pulled up and a bunch of old people started climbing out. Someone came out of the WAA building with a big smile and shook the hand of the bus group's leader. You folks are right on time. If you're ready, we can begin the tour immediately. We all looked at each other. They have tours? Tobias said. Guess so. I guess we might as well tag along. We fell into step at the back of the group. None of the old people seemed to mind. Basically, I think kids are kind of invisible to old people. Unless they are their grandkids, or they're being rude. We were polite and quiet, and no one said a thing. As you may already know, Web Access America is the largest online service in America, with over 9 million subscribers, the guide said. Well, this was easy, Marco whispered to me. We're not anywhere yet, I pointed out. Now we'll start by showing you our command center. This is where we monitor the ebb and flow of traffic across our entire system. Marco grinned. Like taking candy from a baby. We traveled up elevators and down a hallway decorated with portraits of guys who, I guess, were the owners of WAA. I only recognized one. The guide stopped by the oversized oil painting in the gold frame. And this is our founder, Joe Bob Fenestre. Later, we'll show you a short, entertaining film about the fascinating life of Mr. Finestre. Marco raised his hands and made a bowing motion, like he was saying prayers to Joe Bob Finestre. Rachel yanked his shirt. Hey, the idea is not to attract attention, genius. I'm sorry, Marco said. He pretended to wipe away a tear. This is Joe Bob Finestre. I love Joe Bob. I admire Joe Bob. I want to be Joe Bob I didn't know you were all that interested in computers Cassie said I mean, I knew you liked playing around with them, but Marco waved his hand dismissively It's not about computers Who cares about computers? Well, isn't that the big thing with Mr. Finesse? Marco shook his head like Cassie had said something insane And walked away Cassie looked at me Joe Bob Finestre is the second wealthiest man in the world, Cassie, I said. I think that's what Marco cares about more than computers. Hey, Marco? What? How much is Finestre worth? Mr. Finestre is worth $24.9 billion. That's billion, with a B. As in billion. Is that a lot of dollars? Axe asked. You could buy all the Tabasco sauce in the world with it, Axe. All the Tabasco sauce in the entire world, and have enough left over to buy your own small country. We turned a corner, and there, through the glass, we saw the command center. It looked like ground control at NASA. Row after row of men and women sitting at computer consoles. We dropped back from the tour group so we could talk privately. Okay, there it is, I said. Now how do we get in? Chapter 10 How do we get in, Rachel asked. It's daytime. There are people around. This isn't how we usually do things. It's usually night. I glanced around. The tour group was moving off. Pretty soon someone would notice us hanging around. People were coming and going from the command center down below. But it was awfully hard to imagine what kind of animal morph we could use to sneak in there and work a computer keyboard without being noticed. I was puzzled. And no one else seemed to have any brilliant suggestions either. I looked at Marco. He shrugged. I looked at Rachel. Rachel said, We could create a distraction, set the place on fire. Then, when everyone runs... Rachel, these are nice, normal, innocent people. Not controllers, as far as we know. I pointed out, we can't go around terrifying and endangering normal people. She nodded like she understood. I'm pretty sure she actually did. Then, it popped into my head. That's the morph. Nice, normal people. What? We acquired DNA from some of the people who work here. We morph them and walk right in. As soon as the words were out of my mouth, I thought, Wow. There's something not really right about this. Cassie looked pained. Wow, there's something not really right about this. I think it's brilliant, Marco said. Possibly immoral, but brilliant. Humans are the animals that are native to this particular environment, Axe pointed out. We like to think of ourselves as more than animals, Rachel pointed out. Why? She shrugged. I don't know, we just do. Or at least the best animals around. The best, Axe echoed. How do you define best? We alone, of all the animals, have the ability to create TV shows, Marco said. Why are we yapping about this? What's the big deal? Axe's human morph is made up of bits of DNA from all of us. What's the difference? We consented, Cassie said. We gave permission. Who cares, as long as it works, Rachel said. How are we different from the Yerks, then? This came from a surprising source, Marco. Was he arguing both sides, or had he changed his mind? We aren't taking over their minds, Rachel said. We'd simply be using their DNA, no different from any other animal. Everyone looked at me, like I was supposed to quickly decide a big moral issue in a hallway in two minutes. What was I supposed to do? We were in a war. What was the big deal about doing something that made us uncomfortable? I shook my head. The whole reason we're fighting is to keep people free, I said. If we start violating that and using people's DNA without permission, we may not be as bad as the Yurks, but we're heading down that same path. We have to find another way. Cassie looked at me like she was proud of me, which just made me want to blush. So how do we do what we came here to do, oh fearless leader? Rachel asked. We go with a distraction, but we don't start a fire or endanger anyone. We just give them something to look at that is so fascinating and weird and impossible to ignore that they won't be watching what happens behind them. Axe and Marco are the computer brains. They go in, Axe as human and Marco as himself. So Marco won't be human? Rachel asked quickly, then laughed at her own joke. That was a good one. Marco complimented her. Fast, too. Thank you. I took a deep breath. Axe and Marco go inside. The rest of us put on a show that no one will be able to ignore. Then, we haul butt out of here. Chapter 11 We docked into a small janitor's closet to prepare. Axe and Marco quickly headed downstairs and around to the entrance to the command center. Everyone ready? I asked. Yes, but I just want to say this is totally undignified. Rachel complained. Do you have your mop? Yes, I have my mop. She sneered. Cassie, you ready? Yes. But we can't lose these shoes! We don't have any more money! We had tied the laces of our shoes together, and now we looped them over our necks. All but Tobias, of course. I would grab his later. Everyone ready? I asked. They were. Okay, let's go! Just one slight problem, Jake. Rachel pointed out. Who's going to open the door of this closet? We had morphed. Rachel was now a monstrously huge grizzly bear, standing up on her hind legs. She was between seven and eight feet tall, with claws like the teeth of an iron rake, and shaggy, rough brown fur. I had gone into my tiger morph. We'd deliberately chosen big, frightening animals no one was likely to try and mess with. We wanted people to watch us, but not try and grab us. Tobias had become himself once more, a red-tailed hawk. And Cassie had become the most frightening animal of us all. A skunk. But none of us had hands that could open the closet door. Rachel, why don't you open it? Cool. She drew back her upper body, swayed back on her feet, then thrust forward, slamming one side of beef-sized shoulder into the door. There, now it's open. We trotted calmly out into the hall and crossed to the glass observation window that looked down on the command center. We looked down at the WAA employees at their computer consoles. No one is watching us, Tobias complained. He was sitting on Mitchell's head. They haven't noticed us. I can take care of that, I said. A tiger's roar can be heard for miles, literally. Up close and personal, It is a sound you never want to hear unless there are some big, thick, steel bars separating you from the tiger. It is loud. And it's loud in a way that punches every button in a human being's instincts. I've seen that roar make brave men fall down. It turns their knees to jello. I sucked in a deep breath, and I cut loose. Now they've noticed us, Tobias said. Fifty or sixty sets of eyes had swiveled at once to stare up at us, and what they saw kept them watching. Rachel, huge, terrifying, powerful Rachel, was calmly mopping the floor, swinging the mop back and forth like a professional. I was helping. I had the mop bucket in my teeth. Tobias flitted around us in a circle, shrieking madly. Absolutely no one noticed when Marco and Axe entered the back of the command center and calmly sat down at a computer console. No need even for a code word to get access. The machine had been left on by the person who'd been operating it. That person was staring up at us, eyes wide, mouth even wider. With my acute tiger's hearing, I could hear through the glass. Is that a bear? Yeah. It's mopping the floor? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have we got nuts? I'm not nuts. It's the bear who's nuts. That's carpeted up there. Why does it have sneakers around its neck? A few people screamed. A few ran. Most just stared as we cavorted around having a fine time. Marco winked, Tobias reported. They must be doing okay. Two more minutes, then we get out of here before someone down there thinks to call in security, I said. Too late, Cassie reported. Here they come, two guys with handguns. Oh man, okay, we try to scare them off first. Two men in gray uniforms came racing around the corner into view. They had guns drawn. They didn't even notice Cassie. They just stared in horror and confusion at the lunatic scene of a hawk a bear, and a tiger, all seemingly involved in mopping a carpeted floor. I set the bucket down. One of the men dropped his gun, turned around, and ran. Yeah! The other one was shaking, but he held on. You, you animals, get out of here! You, you're not authorized to be here! You have to admire the guy, Rachel said. He must know that little popgun wouldn't stop either of us for a minute. Yeah, well, it would stop me, Tobias said darkly. I'm just a birdie. Don't make me shoot! Okay, Cassie, I said. I hate to do it, but take him out before he decides to shoot. Cassie turned her back to the guard. She raised her black and white tail. She turned her cute little face to look back over her shoulder. Then she dropped the tip of her tail. If you ever see a skunk go through that sequence, leave. Leave, go far away, don't look back. The guard didn't know that. Fire, I told Cassie. She fired. The guard, who had stood up to a grizzly bear and a tiger, either of which could have turned him into raw hamburger, had had enough. No one, but no one, can be brave while being hosed by a skunk. Ah! He dropped the gun and ran. Okay, now let's bail, I said. That was kind of fun, Rachel said. We ran, dragging our cheap tennis shoes along. We spotted an elevator. Tobias flew over and punched the button with his beak. People looked out of doorways at us. We roared and they went back inside. The elevator door slid open. There was an executive and a bike messenger on it. They decided to get off when we crowded into the elevator. Rachel jabbed a claw at the button for the lobby. And by the time we got there, the only people on the elevator were four kids wearing tight clothes and cheap shoes. Heavily armed city cops dressed in SWAT team black were marching into the lobby carrying automatic weapons. Marco and Axe were already standing in a corner, acting like fascinated observers Did one of you kids see a bear? one cop asked Yeah, right, Rachel laughed A bear? We hooked up with Marco and Axe and went outside I breathed a sigh of relief How did it go? We had no difficulties, Prince Jake, Axe said Yeah, no problem, Marco said But he looked concerned, maybe a little sick So what's the matter? He shrugged No biggie, once we got into the system it was a breeze We had plenty of time So I figured why not check out one or two extra screen names Not exactly the reason we were there, Tobias said This girl, whose screen name is PartyGirl802 She likes to send me these very flirty kind of emails and IM messages you know, like, she likes me and all. So you found out who she is? Cussie asked. That's not very nice. Yeah, no kidding it wasn't nice. I found out my online girlfriend, PartyGirl802, is actually a 73-year-old retired postal worker. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' Auditory Experience. Uh, I just got an email from, not a listener, but, uh, from Podbean, the site that hosts my podcast, uh, to congratulate me on hitting 10,000 downloads. Um, so, in turn, I would like to thank all of y'all for, I guess, downloading this 10,000 times. That is a very large number, um, and that's very cool and sort of surreal for me that, uh... I guess I've had that many downloads. (laughs) Uh, A lot of the time I feel like it's just me out here doing my thing. But that's very cool to know that enough of you are uh, out there that um, I've gotten 10,000 total downloads. Very cool. Thank you so much for uh, listening to me read a book. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't really have anything else new here. Just, you know, your standard old. If you're using Apple Podcasts and you want to leave me a rating and review, uh, you can do that. I mean, you can do that. You physically have the ability. And I would appreciate it if you felt like doing that. Uh, You can check out my website, theapocalypse.com. That's The Apocalypse. It's like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, To see all the stuff I do, I'm doing a Riverdale Rewatch podcast right now. Uh, Having a lot of fun with that. I love Riverdale. It's a very, very dumb show. Uh, And I'm doing a mini podcast inside of that podcast where I talk about Marble League, which is like... A marble race thing It's it's goofy, it's on YouTube uh, I love that too, check that out uh, Yeah, check check out my stuff, please um, And if you'd like to reach me You can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com Or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com uh, Other than that, you know Stay frosty, stay cool Stay safe And I'll see you all next week My name is Daniel And I believe one day The Andalites will come Until then, we fight